Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. November 27th was the start of Advent. It seems like it was six months ago. Maybe some of you feel like it was six years ago. But really, it was only six weeks ago. On that Sunday, the new church calendar year began. Perhaps you'll remember from my sermon that Sunday morning that we were being promptly moved out of the Gospel of Luke and into the Gospel of Matthew. What an amazing six weeks it has been with Matthew's account. In two tiny chapters, we have the full genealogy of Jesus, linking him to King David, and then all the way back to Sarah and Abraham. Not only that, we get the whole birth story, Bethlehem, the star, the arrival of the wise men, the epiphany. We have the fury and jealousy of King Herod, the tragic loss of all of those innocent children in Bethlehem, Joseph literally fleeing with his wife and child to Egypt and then staying there for a while and then settling back a few years later in his hometown. All of that in two chapters. And then the screen fades to black. Whew. Like the beginning of any good blockbuster film, with the critical backstory now explained, there's a quiet pause here, a pause and a moment for reflection, for inspiration between Matthew chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 3. And if it were a film, we would now see these words on the screen in front of us, 28 years later. Indeed, that is exactly where we are today in Matthew Chapter 3, 28 years after Joseph brought his small family back to the safety and the peace of a tiny village named Nazareth. So here today, our story fades back in, and we see John, John, the cousin of Jesus, that uh, leather belt wearing, locust eating prophet from the desert, now at the Jordan River. We come to understand in chapter 3 from his own voice that John is the herald of Jesus. He's come to prepare the way for him. Repent, says John. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. John is the last of this great prophetic tradition, carrying on the sober message of centuries of prophets, a warning for everyone to turn away from their sinful behavior. John was all about preaching humanity's complicated condition, that the shortcomings of human beings were separating them from God, that a change would come to reunite us, and our part was to turn toward God and away from all of the things that separated us from him. I baptize you with water for repentance, John said, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to untie the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear the threshing floor to gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. John is not messing around. Surely he has very high expectations about what all of this will look like. John's in for a surprise because today, here, Jesus arrives After walking something like 45 dusty miles from Nazareth to get there, Jesus now stands at the Jordan River. Just for comparison, 
Did anyone happen to walk from Whiteville this morning to the service? That was Jesus' walk. And now Jesus stands quietly in the crowd at the edge of the river. I suspect this initially was not the public appearance of Jesus that John had set everyone else to see, including himself. Where was the fire and the axe? Where was that winnowing fork, the razzle-dazzle John had been talking about for so long now? It's like John had been predicting Iron Man, but instead who showed up? More like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Iron Man is so cool, but ah, uh, Mr. Rogers. For John, though, here was the conundrum, and it was a significant conundrum for him. Jesus wanted to be baptized by John. What? No way, says John. You don't need this, like all the rest of us, like everybody else. And by everybody else, I mean all ages who were there that afternoon at the Jordan River, in the tradition of the day, full families gathered, baptized together, young, old, at the same time, as they offered family and individual repentance, asking God's forgiveness and God's blessings. I need to be baptized by you, says John the Baptist. And do you come to me? I believe that first words matter. So now we hear the first words spoken in the entire Gospel of Matthew by Jesus, spoken to one person, to John. Let it be. Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, John, says Jesus, trust me. Scripture tells us this morning that John consented. You know, the word consent is a pretty loaded word in our modern culture for good reason, because it occurs as defined when one person voluntarily agrees to the proposal of another. Take it another step. Informed consent is the understanding of alternatives, the risks, the opportunity to ask questions. We read in Scripture today that John consented to baptize God in human form. Sheesh. And also, Jesus consents. Jesus in human form consents to be baptized. That's a double sheesh. I wonder if John got a reset on his idea of what was going to happen, of what would happen next, because it turns out that two amazing messages were firmly delivered on that day about Jesus. The first is that Jesus was human, truly, fully, completely human. Jesus himself was not sinful, but by standing in those waters of the Jordan River, he squarely identified with you and with me on our behalf, and then he let himself get treated just like every other person. We know he'll be treated pretty terribly later. This morning, we're also reminded of the second point, that Jesus was fully, completely divine. Because, cue the razzle-dazzle, the very heavens opened. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove and a voice spoke. The voice spoke. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. My friends, the last words of our passage today celebrate God's claiming of Jesus Christ as his beloved son. 
period. In the very same way, we in baptism affirm God's love for us and then loudly proclaim for the ones being baptized that they belong to God. So back to our blockbuster. Do you think that John the Baptist would have preferred that day for Jesus to take the wheel, to continue with the preaching and all of the teaching that afternoon? I think he might have, but Jesus didn't. Instead, Jesus left and he walked out into the wilderness all by himself, all alone, so that he, like all of us, like every other human being, could be tempted by the evils that we know are in this world. That, however, is in chapter 4. For now, for today, how amazing and wonderful that just like that day, 2,000 years ago, many are being baptized together. Young and older, I say that's awesome. And wonderfully, our consent, our consent this day, and we will consent with these words, is this. We will, with God's help. That seems to me the best way to agree to any proposal. We will, with God's help. And our job after that consent is then to turn towards God, all of us, and away from anything and everything that might separate us from him. And for that, I say, thanks be to God. Amen.